Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to the, uh, not the Fiji intro, that's one of the topics today, but <laughs> welcome to Lockdown Beers uh, and uh, uh, hash rugby chat uh, here on New Zealand Sport Radio. Hi, I'm Paul. I'll be host today. Uh, got the old New Zealand lager all ready to open at five o'clock on the dot. We all want to knock off work and uh, have a uh, have a bit of an uh, unwind, um, which is uh, part of what we've been doing this for. Um, during this now, if you have in, uh, well, if you have or if you haven't enjoyed this, I've got a uh, poll going on on Twitter. Pinned it to my profile, um, saying, "Would you like these going on uh, after?" Uh, lockdown has finished. Maybe not at five o'clock, but at a at a at some sort of a daily kind of rugby news show, which is what this has turned into. Uh, so if you'd like that, then uh, or if you don't like that, then head over to uh, Twitter. The more votes I get, uh, the better ideas to what you guys want. It'd be really nice. Uh, there's a similar one also on YouTube on the community tab as well. If you want to go, if you prefer to use that place to uh, to do it. Um, and obviously, people who are Patreons can uh, send me a Patreon message about your thoughts, and uh, your thoughts count more than everyone else's because your support uh, is uh, much appreciated. Uh, and I'll whack the uh, old link down there where you can become a supporter of New Zealand Sport Radio and everything we do. Uh, just 34 seconds until I open my beer, uh, and then we can crack on. We're going to talk about Moana Pacifica, uh, Fijian Drua, uh, the uh, Chiefs, um, and uh, Michael Collins as well. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other stuff you might have seen at this, um, my whiteboard, because we've got the uh, Driving Malls show at 8pm tonight. We'll be talking about the pace of rugby. Um, we're basically slowing down play. Uh, it's become a hot topic, let's be honest. Um, and uh, we'll look forward to the championship as well uh, on that one. So just four seconds left. Three, two, one. And yes, we can crack open that beer. And uh, welcome to the evening. And uh, Put those log out of those work accounts, folks, uh, and start uh, winding down. Uh, and uh, look, everyone in 09, are you Auckland? Well done, and keep following the rules, please. And we'll be out of that soon, hopefully. So, there we go. Cheers, um, folks. So, uh, the uh, Fijian Drua um, have uh, announced uh, five more players uh, that uh, are going to be uh, in their squad. There uh, it includes um, a gold medalist from the uh, 
uh, Olympics. And uh, I will probably uh, butcher um, their names. But um, yeah, so first off, uh, Meli Durangali, Durangali, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, in there, uh, he was at uh, the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Surimpili, uh, Valeraka, uh, um, Meli Tuni, Banai Habosi, uh, and uh, finally, T. Uh, Awaru, um, Kriki Devate, uh, who is playing for um, Tasman in the um, NPC. So the second NPC player um, that uh, has been announced. When I did, went to their, uh, when, when I saw, when I let's watch their uh, media conference that they did uh, a couple of weeks back and did that um, uh, supporters only uh, uh, sort of summary of all the things. They mentioned that they had put out 20 plus contracts um, had been offered. Uh, as part of this press release, um, they've said they're going to be announcing 27 more players um, over the coming weeks. That would give them a squad of 37, um, which uh, obviously looks like they have got basically the most of their squad together, which is really, uh, uh, really promising. Um, and uh, they will be heading over to um, Australia. Uh, I've forgotten what the date is now, but um, uh, to because uh, that's where they're going to be based um, next year because of the COVID uh, issues. Uh, so they're heading over to Australia, be managed isolation before Christmas, uh, be out of that and be training before Christmas, which does mean uh, that uh, it does look like they have a long period away from family. We'll just see how uh, that, uh, uh, how the team copes with that. Obviously, we've seen some teams do really well. We've seen other teams really struggle uh, with those conditions. Um, so, uh, so it'll be interesting. Obviously, Mick the Kick has been... Um, announced as their head coach um, as well. Uh, so look, all things coming together for the Drua and uh, looking really positive. So that's great to uh, to see uh, ahead of uh, next season. Um, a, uh, and uh, just uh, joining me uh, is uh, Con. How are you doing, sir? Okay, Paul. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Not bad at all. Let's run through the five players from uh, the, so the Fijian Drua have announced um Let's be honest, I don't, I'm not sure that we know that much about them, to be honest, uh, but we'll get to know them a lot better next year um, as, uh, as as part of that. Um, one of them is a was, was at the Olympics, which was um, good to see. Yeah, um, so I, I would have I would have assumed that, look, I don't, don't know enough about this, and I'll let you continue your um, your good your pronunciation attempts, which are better than mine. Um, but no, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's not easy, mate. Um, but... Uh, the I would have assumed that uh, the Fiji Drua, Fiji and Drua was going to be quite similar to how the Haguiris did theirs, which was it was uh, the uh, the Pumas team sends a few European players, um, uh, and the way they're taking their time to build this up. Although I do recall that's similar to what happened with um, the Sunwolves, and I think the Sunwolves and the or particularly the Sunwolves and the Jags, they didn't get their team sorted until very soon before the first uh, the, the first games back in the day. Certainly, the Sunwolves was a big problem. Oh, the, the Sunwolves was a mess, to be honest. Look, uh, the, the the whole administration behind the Sunwolves uh, was poor. I, I've read a couple of articles on it uh, back in the day, but basically, what that was was the uh, J- Japan Rugby Union saw an opportunity to get a team and uh, basically assumed that the top league would give them all their players for free. And the top league turned around and went no, <laughs> um, and uh, mm. there was zero, there was zero consultation, zero planning around it. Uh, it was purely a, uh, a control grab, 
um, mm. by by them. Now, what uh, the Pumas did, which the Fiji and Drua aren't doing, is they said you had to play for the Aguares initially to play for the to play for the Pumas. Now, wow. and they kept that rule until they came up from the World Cup. So that's why they got managed to get most of their squad together. Um, as uh, Simon points out, Fiji just don't have the money <laughs> to bring all of their players back, uh, and that is very true. And also, players are on can be on multi-year contracts as well. So. Um, yeah, look, it's it, it is it is seen as a pathway team rather than necessarily the top team that most most Fijian uh, international players will be picked from. So it's a different approach than the uh, the Puma the, the, than the uh, the Pumas and Haguaris took. Um, and uh, look, I think that I think to be fair to them, I think Fiji's got more depth probably to pick from yeah. than Argentina. Uh, so that's even though they're a much smaller country. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it'll work well. I just uh, it'll take them a couple of years, a couple of years to become properly competitive. But with the does it some um, eight out of the uh, fourteen teams, uh, sorry eight out yeah eight out of the sorry twelve teams making it to the finals, uh, they're still in with a shout of making finals rugby. So that's uh, even even if they're even if they aren't sort of fully competitive. Uh, yes. Yeah, so and that's, that's right. You. I wondered if um, so. So you, you, you'd know this more than me, uh, Paul. But um, if you were to guess, you, you might know how many of the uh, Fijian well squad that let's say the World Cup or the one that toured here. I know that was a bit different. Um, are contracted in in Europe. Let's assume not the team that toured here because I know that was a bit of a depleted team. But how many of the national team, the, the main national team, would be contracted? Uh, in in presumably Europe or or probably anywhere really outside of Fiji is it the majority of them? Um, I would suggest the, the the majority of them here is the if I just share my screen, uh, what cool. I'll bring up is the squad that uh, is in Wikipedia, which is one from um, uh, from that June window, uh, and as you can see on really the uh, right hand side there, well as I look at it, uh, they've they, they put the, the uh, club or province and uh, looking down that you're Glasgow, Northampton, Breve, Edinburgh, Breve, Saracens, Clermont. Um, they're pretty much all. <laughs> Let's be honest. Wow. A... Top 14 probably have an office in fucking Fiji, the way it looks here. Yes. Because they, just... well, they, they, they definitely have, um, we, we know they've, they, they have uh, academies in Fiji. So, yes. Yeah, okay. Look at it. It's crazy. So, uh, look, a factory you... farm for them. <laughs> it is it's yeah um you've got maybe seven six or seven who are based predominantly in new zealand and australia um yeah one yeah, player right. they're based right. actually in fiji itself so uh look yeah the vast majority of their team uh is uh is, is overseas uh and yep. you can't compete can't compete with those salaries so that that indicates that um you know i would say to me it kind of suggests that well, it's the Fiji draw might initially, initially, you know, at the outset might be a lot weaker than they could be because, um, you know, they're 90% of their top players are accounted for outside of Australasia already. So, um, yeah, it might be sort of second string uh, Fiji national team. Well, yes, but it's, they, they've, I mean, we've already, there's already at least two sevens players involved. So, yeah, true, the sevens team, of course. So the sevens team, I think, will have, be, be heavily involved in this in this team. So I think you see the majority of the sevens players involved. Uh, they obviously the, um, have the 
the draw that played in rapid rugby, which was a pretty solid team, and, and the and also is it the were they in the, the NRC? It was the NRC. They, they're in the NRC. They, they weren't. They in won it, did they? Or did they it, was a, it was a different Fijian team in in, in club rapid rugby that didn't really take off. It didn't really happen in the end. Um, if you want to know about Global Rapid Rugby, I did an interview with the CEO of the Western Force recently, uh, and he um, gets uh, he talks about Global Rapid Rugby. Um, yeah, Aaron says New Zealand gets accused of stealing island players, and that this shows that the statement is a joke. Well, uh, no, this is this is where the island players, the players who are playing for the islands, are actually playing. So it's, this isn't players playing for other international countries, which is what which is what the stealing. Um, gets accused of, but you're quite right, Aaron. That yeah, New Zealand uh, does actually have tends to provide a lot more players to uh, Tonga and Samoan teams because of yeah. the immigration laws uh, and the the way people have travelled into New Zealand. I think the um, based on last time I had a, did a bit of research on this, um, yes, we do get accused of that, and probably by South Africa uh, a little bit, um, which would be fair because South Africa don't really um, pilfer players from anywhere other than maybe Namibia. But, um, and I think Argentina is the purest. Oh, there's Zimbabwe uh, players. Yeah, yeah true, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, yeah. for example. Yep, that's true. David Pocock as well. Um, but uh, the uh, Argentinian team seemed to be the, the purest of, of uh, countries. And France was pretty good too. But... Um, the European teams, you know, Ireland, Wales, and that, and Scotland uh, do a, you know, they, they extract a lot from from the islands. Um, Australia, big time, uh, do end up taking a lot. It looks New Zealand tend to, it's pretty rare when, and you correct me from Ron Paul, but it's pretty rare when New Zealand tends to take players that would otherwise be um, uh, would otherwise be playing for Fiji, as in they've come straight. After high school and played in a in a you know Fiji and club competition or whatever it is, we tend to get we tend to bring them over at a young age, or they immigrate here at a young age. So we do have quite a few. We have had quite a few Fijian or or Samoan or Tongan born players, but generally they're not. Um, you know, uh, Severis would be be oh here we go. Severis would be kind of the exception where he, you know, rightly so is what one would consider a a um, pilfering from the islands. Yeah. Um, now Simon says, yeah, France takes players from West Africa to you know, um, and North Africa, basically. To, um, yeah, but that's what West Africa and North Africa don't have rugby teams. So yeah, if you, that's pretty, <laughs> you're yeah. not really the stealing. Ivory Coast, rugby, so they were a team. They, they were in, um, so, not sure if you ever played John Olomi rugby, Paul, but Ivory Coast were in that uh, in that game, which was because I think they were in the 995 World Cup. But yeah, they haven't featured in uh, rugby, um, I guess, uh, in the uh, key areas of rugby or probably on the top 20 for some time. Anyway, what, so what's the... Georgia is actually a pure regulation that use majority local players. Well, you're about to see that because I'm about to scroll down. Now, this was from 2015, nice. okay? The rugby oh, World cool. Cup. So it's a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of a while ago. Um, uh, and, and a lot of people have copied what I did and therefore, hence, I basically stopped doing it um but uh, back to the 2015 rugby world cup you can see that uh, argentina uh, and georgia pretty uh, and uh, also uruguay namibia south africa the, the top end there had the vast majority of home grow, home born players um uh, same with england actually at 28 now that's probably gone down a bit with the vinipola actually um when you look and talk about players like the vinipolas for example I think one of them was born in Wales. So they're not actually born in Fiji anyway. They do have, because 
their dad was mm. playing rugby in Wales at the time kind of thing. So, um, so you got to be careful about some of these things. Fiji, 28%, 28 out um, of, of their players were home, were home born um, back in, uh, uh, back in 2015. But if you come down to the other end, um, you see Samoa is actually the, has the least number of home players followed by Tonga uh, with 19, uh, so 18 home and uh, 19 for Tonga, for example. Mm. Now for Scotland, it's a 20, but a lot of those players, a lot, a lot of that 11 players from abroad were actually born in England, for example. So uh, yeah, the question true. there is yeah. um, for Scottish parents who have come down, and same with Wales there, Welsh parents that are actually working in England uh, when yeah, they had their If children. it was so, born in the um, UK, it might be a bit different. But Japan so is probably the, the one that is is the most legitimate, um, uh, legitimately concerning. What I mean by that is Tonga and Samoa, you know, their, their parents born in, Probably the, the kids are probably born in uh, in New Zealand and may have spent the majority of their life or a large portion of their life there. We don't know. I don't know. Um, Scotland, I'd say. Well, I'll, I'll, show you, I'll show you where players have come yeah, from. Continue. I'll let you. I'll let you complete your. Uh, You're quite your... right. Japan there. Look with eleven. France with ten. Um, show and Scotland. I mean, Scotland actually do have a uh, a, a person in uh, hired by their union to go and find what they call that. Uh, yeah, sort of. Um, I forgot what they call them now. But anyway, players from overseas. Cheap talent. Yeah. Um, and if I scroll through, right, so you can go and read this yourselves, folks. Um, if you want to know where players came from, well, 30, 30, 31% of the players who do play for other teams came from New Zealand. So 39 oh. players were born in New Zealand but playing for other countries. England had 15, so predominantly sort of Wales, uh, Scotland, but also Ireland as well there. Australia and South Africa also provided quite a few overseas players. Um, Fiji actually only provided six. Wow, that's amazing. At the end of the day, that's amazing. Um, yep. Same with Tonga, just six there. Um, so, yeah, not the number of players that you would expect. Now, again, how many of those 39 players that New Zealand provide are of Tongan and um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Samoan descent? Quite a lot of them, to be honest. Um, yep. I, did, I did find a few of these ones interesting. So, yeah, so one player from who was born in Israel. Another one from Zaire, um, my, uh, um, Burkina Faso. Um, so yeah, so, some some interesting places where people actually been born. Mm. When you, uh, that, I think that might be in. Is it in the Caribbean? Or, no. Um, Georgia. Uh, I would have thought more Georgian players would have would be featured in more national teams, just because you know Georgia's like a like an Argentina in some ways. They're you know a bit of a a bit of an unusual phenomenon. They don't have a they're not part of the um, the uh, they're not a Commonwealth nation like most of these are that are, that are top featured um, and rugby kind of tended to I mean George is fascinating it kind of spurned out of a historical game if I'm right they have a, I can't remember what it's called but they have an old game right. um, but their, their, their national sport is um, is wrestling uh, so yeah, yeah is it not is it not something related to that related to rugby, the Georgian national sport. Lilu, Lilu, is it? They they call oh they are the Lilus, oh, aren't they? And the, they're, they're prob there probably is a, a, a yeah, say a local sport as well. But I think their actual sort of their national sport is is Greco wrestling. Um, so I mean, yeah, they're, they're, yes. they're big into uh, yeah physical confrontation style sports. Um, but um, so yeah, so uh, they also spend so much more time. But yeah, but there you go. So you see, folks, that um, but Argentina uh, five there. Uh, now I did live with an Argentinian couple um, uh, recently, and uh, they were applying for um, Italian citizenship because, uh, or an Italian passport, uh, because there's a deal, there's a, there's a 
um, a deal there. So that's why you'll see that a number of Argentinians historically have played for Italy is because there is a relationship between the two countries um, from, um, from that part. And um, yeah, Simon has said, uh, yeah, rugby is, is is a national sport currently. Lou, Lou, yes, or, or Lou, sorry, anyway. But you, you, you're quite right. Um, the Moana Pacifica have announced that they are going to be playing at Mount Smart. <gasps> Shock, horror, everybody. Um, so uh, yesterday they put up a post on Facebook saying, hey, guess where we're going to play? <laughs> You've already told us a thousand times. We know where you're going to yeah. play. Just announce it. Um, so they're going to be based out of uh, Mount Smart, uh, folks. So, uh, yeah, big surprise there. Uh, and also their training facilities are there as well um, on that. Uh, yeah, will mean some yeah. um, conflict with uh, the Warriors at some point, or they'll, they'll have to they have to manage the schedule as they they you know sometimes have to do in Super Rugby. Yep, you think you did, yeah you think they would have to do that. Um, so yeah, they, they yeah they will do. Um, the uh, so yeah so that's where they're going to be based now. They've already said that they that they want to play games obviously in Samoa and Tonga, but that's not going to happen in the year one. Um, because of the COVID travel um, restrictions, so uh, so there you go. And Fiji, they are, Fiji a bit differently. They are potentially based in in Sydney, is it? But they are wanting to be based in Fiji. Is they'll be they'll be once COVID sort of well whatever happens, they're wanting to have the majority of their games in Fiji. Is that correct? Uh, so yeah, they they will be playing. They will be based in Fiji. So their home games will be based in Fiji. Uh, in the long term, in the short term, uh, they're going to be on the Sunshine Coast. Think it is cool. Oh, yeah, okay. So they're playing up there. Oh, that's cool. Yep, it's interesting. Uh, so they're gonna be playing in Queensland. Uh, let's go. Queensland, um, seems to be the favorite destination of playing rugby at the moment. Um, <laughs> and well, not just rugby, but also NRL as well. Good probably. COVID uh, um, management and uh, probably a little bit more comparable to the Fijian climate than Sydney or Melbourne, which helps. Yeah, true. I hadn't really thought about it from that point of view, but yes. Um, but uh, as so someone you, has said, sorry, go on. no, go, you go, mate. Has, uh, has someone has said up here, uh, Josh, Joshua said, interesting to see Warren Gatlin kicked upstairs at the Chiefs. Absolutely. So, yes, so today, folks, uh, the Chiefs have announced that uh, Warren Gatlin will be the director of rugby and that um, uh, Clayton McMillan will be the head coach for next season. Obviously, Clayton McMillan having a successful season with the um on blank uh with the chiefs uh in super rugby this year as head coach so um i didn't know that that's uh that's incredible hot off the press it is it yes yeah, so, no, so well we try and talk about what's happening what's happening in rugby news in the last 24 hours it's kind of generally what the show's about um so yes that's what's happened um it's kind of an interesting one because as far as i'm aware none of the other super rugby franchises have a director of rugby role no ceos and and that's not the same. Um, I've had a chat with uh, in, in our in our kind of um, Facebook group, rugby chat group area, um, and Boa says, "Look, it's complicated, but they have similar kind of roles." So um, it's uh, so Boa and myself are going to sit down tomorrow and record a show called um, DOR versus HC, so Director of Rugby versus Head Coach, so you can actually understand what a Director of Rugby does or supposed to do compared to a Head Coach. Uh, and how I assume he's going to be Warren Gatlin's going to be grabbing a mask and running onto the field with a water bottle. Next well, season. that is um, that, that is one of the, uh, the issues. I, yes, I think that uh, 
for example, I, I, that yeah, I think South Africa have got the balance probably wrong. And that's probably one of their issues at the moment is that uh, Razi is supposed to be sort of the strategic leader, the pathways, all of that kind of stuff. But I think he's much more involved than a director of rugby should be, um, or or the the kind of the, the 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 role traditionally is. He says in a non non traditional senses, I think it's kind of new here. But um, uh, and yeah, the head coach would be the guy who's as you say doing all the wearing a tracksuit um, from that point of view. So yeah, yeah. and Europe, Europe, obviously the um, the premiership and and such has the director of rugby is obviously a big thing over there, and I presume they are sometimes former coaches going up. But you'd know a bit more about the premiership. Uh, Paul, I know very little. So, how did the, the director? Oh, I'm spoiling your chat tomorrow. Actually, no. but, um, I assume the the director of rugby is far more of a um, somewhere in between a backroom role and a and a, a on field, you know, tracksuit role. I this is one of the problems is that I think every single club has got its own differently, um, and I don't. And I think it's a very uh, rugby is still an immature professional sport at the end of the day whereas if you, if you think about over in um, the usa uh, there's i think there's a very clear deline delineation between the manager and the coach um that the the coach coaches the players and the manager deals with who's being bought who's been sold and transfers and the coach has very little sort of control or say over it yeah. um so um and by the way lb no it's not here we go again it was a passing comment nothing more than that um about south africa um but so, so I, I think in rugby that we've not got that. Um, uh, I, I don't think that it's kind of set in stone as much. I think one of the big things in uh, over, over in uh, the UK, over in England in particular, on the, in the Premiership, is that um, you have a salary cap, and so uh, I think the director of rugby is much more. Um, about kind of it has to look at things like that about the finance making sure they're within salary cap because there's all sorts of things like you get academy credits and injury this and injury that allows so so there's, so so they kind of juggle that part of things um so um uh so Aaron, yeah the director of rugby is more development of players and coaches so they can be ready to graduate to higher level well sure but in when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST in New Zealand surely the, the development of players is the job of the provinces it's not the job of the uh yeah. job of the super rugby franchises so they've got they've uh, got academies yeah, so, in, in in their teams though in, in the premiership in some cases don't they they have sort of in built academies for trying to bring players for 
so in, yes, in 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 the in in the UK, they, yeah, academies from from early teams. Now, to be fair, the Crusaders have got academy systems with in conjunction with um, oh, what are the other two? I've gone blank now. Um, uh, in conjunction with uh, Canterbury and uh, Tasman, so mm-hmm. and uh, we we are seeing the other sort of franchises sort of implementing something similar. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's that it's, it's so it's a strange balance kind of thing as to. Uh, yeah, how much of Gatland's role will be taking on stuff that, that the, uh, the that we expect the provinces to do? Um, now, there was a review previous to the um, previous to COVID, which suggested actually that uh, um, that there should be problem that, that basically should have uh, what have you gone um, uh, that so they should basically have academies in the five centres. And, re- and take away from provinces the sort of the age group piece and the sort of development of players. Well, that's all good and well if you live in Auckland, Hamilton, Wellington, Christchurch, and uh, Dunedin. But what about all those players that live down in New Plymouth or mm. in Fongaray? Um, so uh, the so so yes, yeah, so I think that um, the it, it'll be interesting uh, to see how. Um, uh, just to, to how it works out. I, one of the problems that I think it was for, mentioned further up um, that uh, Gatland would have been on uh, a, a chief's contract now, um, and that basically look, they've, they've signed up for contracts. So you either pay him out, or if you want to have Clayton as your head coach, or you find something for him to do that he's happy with. Now, um, and yeah, quite how they're paying for it, who knows? Um, but some. Um, so that might be part of it. Is basically, well, look, we want Clayton McMillan as our head coach. We can't really. We, we it would. I mean, Warren Gatland is a legend in uh, in the Waikato. The it'd be stupid for us to sort of. We we, we can't sack him. Um, so how do we keep him do happy? You, do you think that was the the angle? Do you think that Gatland have been? I guess um, if you think that this is based on trying to have the the best performance for the Chiefs, right? That's what it's all about. Do you yep. think they they are concerned enough about Gatlin's capabilities to bump him up, or do you think it might have been? I assumed it was probably a, a bit of a Gatlin idea, to be fair, trying to solve a problem rather than having a head coach and an assistant coach, which I thought might have been the case, uh, which probably it was previous season. Having a you know he he, he might have offered it, but yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a Clay McMillan was brought in to be head coach for one season and assistant coach next season, so he isn't supposed to be. So this is a change to his contract or whatever, or, or to the agreement. Um, now, whether Gatlin's instigated that or the club, I'm or, or the franchise, uh, I don't know. The amusingly, I've seen someone one, one of the mainstream media guys complaining on Twitter that no one was available from the Chiefs to discuss it today. Why? Well, I think because one of the questions would have been. Gatland, have you been moved upstairs purely because they can't afford to sack you? Um, <laughs> do, you do you think that his star has fallen so much? I mean, the the only obviously, you know, most people wouldn't say he did a terrible job with the, um, or think he did a poor, poor, poor job with the Lions. Is it because of his 2020 Super Rugby Aotearoa um, effort? 
is that the concern? Because he obviously went, what was it, um, zero and eight or zero and seven, and then got a couple of wins. It was initially it was he was on a streak. He did, he, did, he did well, and then there was then COVID came in, and then he lost everything. He lost every game after COVID, pretty much. He didn't like, lose all of them, did he? From memory, no. What, what, um, what was the final? It was kind of I think I thought it was six two or something, but yeah. Um, um, but um, so let me yeah he had a he had a uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and look it up but he had a shocking um, post COVID uh, Super Rugby yeah, it was incredible. Um, record that's for certain um, now I can't yeah so it's um, I can't do it on the fly sorry folks uh, I need a producer who will, who will do this for me um, the um, but um, uh, so yeah Joshua reckons he lost every game after COVID. He did. Um, you're right. Actually, I for some reason thought I, he claimed one, but no, he went zero and eight. Excuse me, zero at eight. Wow. So that so so, it sounds like the the um the contributor the the Joshua and and uh, I think there was another fellow believe it's you know that they've kicked them upstairs and possibly because of that. What, what do you think, um, Paul? I wouldn't be the surprise. I think I think it is part of that. Yeah, Aaron says it's yeah. Aaron's yeah. He definitely thinks it's because of how successful. McMillan was look, he took the Chiefs to the first final since um Dave Rennie's winning finals, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so and Josh, yeah, yeah, the Chiefs are still figuring out a cover story. Um <laughs> uh yeah, there, there is probably an element of that. Uh so because Gatland could get a job, you know, well, I would have thought he he would well actually it, the problem is with getting a job anywhere is it's gotta be the right time, doesn't it? So you know, there's a lot of talk about Gatlin being the next All Blacks coach, the next England coach, particularly. I hear that a, a lot. Um, and, you know, he could probably pick a pretty well-paying role if he wanted to. Um, oh, let's be blunt. So, yeah. If, if Gatlin's worried where his next meal's coming from, then he's really screwed up his finances. Because he's <laughs> he has earned plenty over right. the last few years. Yeah, Lions yeah, head coach right. for three tours. Um which is the biggest money spinner in the world after uh, in, in, in in the world of rugby after um, the uh, what do you call it um, uh, the rugby world cup um, it delivers like a million pounds per union in the UK in profit it's how New Zealand has historically kept itself its neck above water is getting a, a cash injection once every 12 years um, it, yeah he is clearly the the uh, the richest guy, yeah, they're not the richest guy, they're a very well paid. He'd be up there, top three at least in the world, right? Top two. Got, uh, somewhere, well, the only thing is Eddie, he'd be on a bit pretty good, pretty good whack. Eddie Jones will be on a pretty good whack. Um, you've got us, uh, some, let's be honest, uh, um, Pat Lamb has not signed up for five years at Bristol for peanuts. Um, no, no, that's right. So that's there's, right. A, <laughs> there's a few guys on some very good money, but look. He doesn't have to worry where his next where his next um, meal's coming from. If he's motivated by money at this point, then wow, I'd be surprised. Uh, it's got to be about challenge and uh, potentially legacy um, for this one. But you um, don't get. To, to, they don't have the um, the head uh, the the director of rugby on the. Um, you know, it doesn't sort of hit the. I was about to say the Wikipedia page of the winner of the uh, of the twenty. 22 super rugby season um but maybe it does maybe it's a new thing it depends again again it depends so in in over in the uh um the gallagher premiership for example if you're talking to extra chiefs you hear from the director of rugby 
he is the public gotcha. face, right? Ah, he's, okay. It's not it's not um, the the head coach. So uh, the and um, so it really comes down to how do they handle it? And uh, at other clubs, it is the head coach that does all the PR, and the director of rugby, if they have one, is in the background. So it really is. A, I say there is no set formula in my mind as to how you handle these things. Um, yeah. The um, I think I'm will... probably spoiling your um, con- your uh, your content for tomorrow, which I'll be tuning into. Uh, well, to you learn. will be, but that's going to be a supporter special, folks. So if oh, you want to, oh. I just sort that um, out. if you want to, uh, to 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 do that to, to listen to that one, then you're going to have to become a supporter over at patreoncom forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Um, I think four slash driving more should also get you there as well. Uh, but um, what I'm, but, but basically, okay. So a lot of you will have seen Boa on my shows, and you're kind of like, well, why have you put, chosen him, Paul? Well, the reason basically is that he gets involved in world rugby coaching circles. Uh, he mentors various coaches in New Zealand, including ones who uh, coach at a provincial level. Um, so he is uh, well connected as to how these things actually work, whereas us from the outside are just making guesses let's be honest a lot of the time um so uh he is someone who is in the know from that point of view i'll actually ask him what he really does because <laughs> uh, as, as part of this because yeah but i say he is a coach he is a mentor to various coaches uh and so we'll understand this whereas so a lot of actually the show tomorrow will be me finding out what's going uh, these things and asking the questions so that you find out um cool. so no you're not you're not ruining by any stretch of imagination i'm just guessing at the moment um cool. the LB says, why is there so much secrecy in rugby? <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Now, there's a rabbit hole. Um, put bluntly, it's an old boys public school network, historically. And, and as we said, and, and as Con alluded to earlier, it's um, it's also a very much a Commonwealth um, hoorah Henry sport um, where, look, if you don't wear a blazer, you don't need to know. Why should, why should, why should we include you? Um, That's right. If you win a t- top player as well, you're probably struggle to get a get a coaching gig the um well back in the day players would get a phone call and get told oh, like you, you you are a you've, you've been selected you have no say in anything the players had no the players were just purely told yes you yes you have been applied if you complain then you'll cut and we see that i mean we've seen that uh with the pacific island teams where players post rugby world cup have gone you haven't paid me and they're like mm. well if you're going to put complain publicly that we haven't paid you then we're not going to pick you again terrible isn't it yeah um so yes the uh, you're right i'll be the, the, the secrecy in rugby is holding it back big time um part of it also over here in new zealand is that we know that oh that well new zealand rugby knows that the all blacks brand essentially pays for rugby in new zealand um at the end of the day and therefore um they are um overly protective to the stage of paranoia of that brand um and they hence they try to media manage uh the message in every single way and therefore uh, it has to be sanitized it could, you you may not tarnish the brand because that's where all our income comes from mm. um and then that philosophy basically filters down to um to the super rugby franchises and then in all honesty, New Zealand rugby doesn't care so much about the provinces. So hey, they're they're, they're, they're a bit more. Um, IKEA stops at the bottom of the Super Rugby franchises, doesn't it? The, um, and then and, and yeah, and then in, in the uh, I say the um, 
at the provincial level, they're a bit more open because, I say, New Zealand rugby isn't so, so, so worried about it. And look, let's be also honest here, folks. Uh, I have been literally the only media person at both Waikato and Bay of Plenty games in the MPC and Farrah Palmer Cup over the last um, two weeks since we've had Super Rugby, since we had Prince Rugby back. Uh, the only other people there have been Sky because they have to be, otherwise, to film it. <laughs> and in Waikato, the radio also turned up because Nigel Yeldon lives in Hamilton. So it's cheaper to pay him to travel to FMG Stadium than it is up to Auckland to do the commentary. So, wow. literally, yeah, I am the only, we go down for post match interviews. I am the only person there. There is nobody else. Wow. Um, well, good on that's 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 quite quite cool actually in a way. I mean, um, and and not to sound sexist, but it doesn't shock me, which is a bad thing that no one's attending the Farrah Palmer Cup, which is a real shame. Yep. Um, that doesn't shock me, and I mean that in, in the way that um, it should, but it doesn't. The uh, NPC, um, it is a bit disappointing and surprising, um, and yeah, it probably. Is oh, I don't know. Is that indic indicative of the public's interest in uh, un knowing about the you know what's happened? Articles about those games. You know, you'd see you'd see four or five articles across multiple um, as an an article, an opinion piece potentially of a of a Super Rugby game. Um, but you know, you're probably not seeing it based on um, on the. Uh, on, on the provincial ones. And I guess the lack of um, radio sport, because they would have attended a lot of those, would they? Would they? Well, the, well, so the radio days? sport owned by NZME, right? They still broadcast all the MPC games, but on um, Gold AM. Right? Okay. So they still, they're still doing it. But as I say, Nigel Yeldon did it for them in an FMG stadium because he lives in North Hamilton. All the rest are done off the TV. So... Mm. They go. go into um, uh, they go into Sky Studios in Wellington, uh, and they look at the TV screen and commentate from there, rather than going to the game. Now, the problem with that is that they only see what's on the TV screen, yeah. right? Um, and um, one of the issues, or, 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 or one of the things you want from a commentator, is to tell you what's happening about outside that. Um, and part of the problem with that is that um, I mean, we, we saw it on the All Blacks game, is that you've 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 got Nesbitt and, um, and Marshall uh, there having to aunt, ask um, the Australian guy who they had on the sideline. I've gone blank who that was now. Um, um, Greg Clark. Clarky, yeah, yeah. Um, as to what's going on because they can only see what's on the, on, on the screen. Normally, they're in the stadium. They can look around and they can tell you what you can't see because there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff you can't see, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, and yeah, as, 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 yeah, as a sad indictment on New Zealand sport, um, that, uh, uh, so yeah, so all the, all the match write-ups are done off the telly because it's easier than yeah. actually turning up to a game. Uh, that's what some of the fans would say too, wouldn't they? Uh, yep. Yeah, true. I mean, tribe sports app, for example, that's all done remotely. None of that's done at the ground. Mm. Um, the, and it, yeah, if I'm tweeting about a game, it's easy to do it at home because I've yeah. got four screens, two computers. Uh, <laughs> um, 
it's all set up here. I can have multiple screens doing different. I can have one screen showing stats while another screen shows a game. I can have another screen showing Twitter. Uh, so I can have multiple stuff going on. It's much easier to 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 be on social media about a game at home than is at the at the ground. Mm. But at the ground, I hear people talking about stuff that is off the record because they're just chatting behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you hear stuff from various members of who, who are part of the team and, and who'll say things. Uh, you then get to talk to the players. Uh, now, look, a lot of that is pretty vanilla and, um, uh, and, and, and sort of media managed, as it were. But still, occasionally you'll get... Uh, that, that you, you get them going off script. Um, and Ross Filippo did. He said, I don't care what people hear me say about the referee. Whoa, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will awesome. be fun. Um, I always wonder, I've always thought, um, if you could, if you could, uh, if you're in that position, could find a way to ask just questions that, and it's probably not uh, favorable to, to the direction, but just questions that. They can't answer based on the the you know the general sort of comments that they would make. Somehow trying to trying to break them, it would be really fascinating, which would be re- really difficult. You know what I'm saying is kind of you know trying to get them to avoid saying, oh, you know, uh, we just put 110 percent in, and uh, we're really thankful to 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 the ref and uh, the other team did a great job. You know how how could you how could you ask some questions that forced them to go, oh shit, <laughs> how am I going to answer That's that? It would be very so- difficult. In job interviews that I used to do, I used to, I, I used to work in the same industry as you do um, now. Uh, and uh, one of the questions we would ask, uh, one of the questions I would ask people one, that, that, uh, that we would ask when, we, when I worked for Morgan Stanley was, um, what, uh, uh, what, what car would you say you are and why? There is no right okay. answer. There is no right or wrong answer to that, right? Yeah, it sh- shakes you up. Uh, it just gets to see how do you think uh, and come up with an answer. And explain it. Yeah. Right. I didn't know you were um, in the pornography industry, Paul. That's interesting. Pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan Stanley are not. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, so, um, yeah, so yeah. So working in the IT industry yeah, uh, with, with investment banks, we would ask a question like that um, to yeah. try and just a question you cannot have prepared for, basically. Yeah. To try and get you just to see how you think. There is there isn't a right answer, a wrong answer. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Aaron makes a point. Yeah, l- lack of um, local provincial print newspapers. Yeah, but even those guys who are so the Waikato Times. Um, I know the guy who does that, and he does it from home, on the t- on, yeah. on, on, off the TV. Um, That's interesting. Uh, the review goes: Would you hypothetically lower ticket prices to increase attendances? No, um, <laughs> tickets are dirt cheap anyway. Uh, to be honest, um, to provincial rugby games uh and uh, the Farrah Palmer Cup ones are free on the whole most a lot of the places you can just walk in um because they're in small grounds that don't even have ticket t- turnstiles so um uh I don't it's not ticket prices it's it's marketing that's the issue um it's giving it coverage and uh, as I said before New Zealand rugby cares about the All Blacks because the All Blacks brings in the money and everything else gets less coverage and less focus because it doesn't bring in the money, mm. and yeah, why does it bring, and it doesn't bring in the money because you don't get any focus. It's a circular thing. Yeah, no, that, that's right. I mean, I, I, I mean, did you, were you a, without your media hat on, 
no pun intended, pun intended. Um, did you attend many sports games um, as, a, as a civilian? As a civilian. Um, I'm, I used to be a season ticket holder at the Blues. Oh, cool. That's cool. Um, and what, the Auckland and the Blues. So, yes. Um, and what was your, what did you attend? Was you, I presumably, did you attended the a more percentage, I could be wrong here, percentage of Blues games that you did, the percentage of home uh, Auckland games? No, I'm in that case. I attended every game. Oh, good, good work. Get your money's worth. And uh, oh, um, that's that's good. And other sports? Do you do you sort of attend? Did you no. you know you, you like cricket? No, just just rugby. So it is. I mean, I have done this last year as a, as we've had New Zealand Sport Radio on. So after I've been to cricket games, uh, you'll have seen me in a, a jet sprint boat, um, for example. Uh, so look, I have done a bit, but um, now I don't pay for tickets. Essentially, yeah. So oh, I have to pay. I'm not going. Is that why you're doing this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I sort of think about the the um, I'm in, in a way I'm a I'm a sort of everyday punter and um, how I uh, judge going to games is it's time and the the effort to get there. So um, last year I went to all of the Crusaders home games and that wasn't a target. It just they only had four. In the uh, in the in the um, Super Rugby Aotearoa, but then they did have a few earlier on, and I managed to catch them. I, was, I took my daughter to two of them, who was two, and so that was an interesting experience. And a kind of it was a, it was something to, to do with you know a, a young one, which is which is always what parents are trying to figure out. Um, and she'd never seen anything like it; like it it blew her away. The number of people there it freaked her. Out, to be honest the second <laughs> game was a bit better the taking into footy stuff so so there were times when i was actually motivated i was like sunday afternoon i could watch it at home or i could take my daughter you know it's kind of an event it's kind of you know something to do which was quite cool uh, and it was packed those super rugby tower Royal games in 2020 were absolutely packed at the crusader stadium and it was really cool um i, I got so, no, no, last year, last year. Yeah, yeah no, I that. But then twenty-one. Oh, uh, look, I, I, did, I, I went to I went to two or three games, and and you could just it's kind of it's close to you. It feels very full, but the, you could see the on the peripheries of the stadiums that they're, they're a bit a bit lightly um, a bit undercooked, which is disappointing. You know, you, you notice it. Eighty percent full was very different from hundred percent full, and I'm not saying it was always eighty percent full. Um, the cricket, like the super, the super smash, has a similar sort of challenge where they they have a probably a pretty good product, low following. I, I went to a few games and it was actually really entertaining. Um, whereas the obviously the the main event for cricket, the the Black Caps will get um, very good attendance in Canterbury for for the, all of their games, but they have so few. And part of it is the scarcity, you know, and the abundance of having, you know so many games available almost means you go oh, i'll go later on it's uh it's really fascinating i thought often how how something like the super smash or or um npc could you know suddenly turn it around but uh it'd take a while it'd be difficult too the it's afternoon thing was actually um, a good point now yep sorry go ahead paul afternoon games are yet yeah, uh, without better marketing you'll get a few more but you're not going to make a significant difference no i'd, I'd agree with that i think it, it 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 solves a problem for me but it creates another which is I have to take my daughter. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Now, um, perhaps um, I will get you on to talk about um, yeah, uh, the uh, to, to talk about this and say, yeah, how could provincial rugby club unions do uh, turn things around? I have tried 
putting all sorts of ideas to provincial unions and so far got very little traction um but um and we can see uh, your thoughts on some of my ideas as well uh so we might do a a show about that another time but yeah, um cool I'm going to wrap things up this time uh, now, folks, because we've run over by about 20 minutes on what we normally do uh, because I've been having so much fun. So uh, And haven't talked about most of the topics that you had on your list. <laughs> I've talked about Michael Collins. Jeez, congratulations, Michael Collins. Debut for the Ospreys, two tries, and he's eligible for Wales. So will he be starting alongside Gareth Hanscom for Wales? Who knows? Let's wait and see. He was starting alongside Gareth Hanscom at the Ospreys. So really well done, sir. Uh, so congratulations, Michael Collins. Two tries, both of them great lines, untouched to go over. Um, off, uh, off, off Reese Webb. So yes, uh, in the thirteen jersey, folks, he's not a full bag. Um, there we go. Uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great day, and uh, catch you all later. Thanks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.